This is Taking Back the Reins podcast. I'm Dina Shale. In this show, you'll learn how to recover and thrive by working with horses through trauma-informed equine-facilitated learning, because it's time for you to take back the reins. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Taking Back the Reins. Today, I am starting my new series of podcasts, talking to empowered women. So welcome to the studio, Joanne. Tell me a bit about you. Thank you, Dina. Uh, well, my name is Joanne Jewliffe. I'm the director of Joanne Jewliffe Coaching and Empower Wellbeing Limited, which is a well-being coaching business. But basically, it's all about getting people to take action, to take control of their lives, I suppose. Okay, fabulous. So um, it, your business is very different to mine, but obviously you've got this amazing story that I really wanted people to hear. And obviously the podcast really is about people taking back their reins, taking back the control, being able to um, overcome adversities and be able to power through and one of the questions one of my followers asked me that's really spurred me on to do this is what do you do when your back's against the wall? And, and you know, where's that power come from? But first of all, the question that, that has to take us to the beginning is what has been your story, Joanne? What is the adversity that has empowered you to create this amazing business? Okay, well, um, I was a teacher, Dina, for 15 years. And uh, I must say, I was a pretty good teacher. You know, I thought I was, everybody else thought I was. You know, it was, I was a head of history and a really successful department. And I was made redundant. And it came out of the blue, didn't expect it, while I was on maternity with my third child. And I'd never, I was 37, I'd been wanting to be a teacher since I was about, oh, I don't know, ever since I can remember, three or four <laughs> year old. And yeah. I basically, it, it fundamentally it made me question everything, who I was. It it was a real sucker punch. Um, I wasn't looking back. I wasn't really enjoying teaching at the time, but I would never have given it up. And those were the days. I mean, it was 13 years ago now. And uh, those were the days that teaching was a job for life. So I never once considered not being a teacher. My ex-husband was a teacher. Um, and I think I, you know, I, I, make, I always make people laugh when I say I had three children because I was a teacher. I was going back to work. You know, I don't think I ever would have be, planned to be a stay-at-home mum of three small children. But um, I was made redundant when I had a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a ten-week-old. And that is um, just that is just scary, hmm. isn't it? Just you know, it when was. you've got you need you need to bring an in income in. Uh, you you need to. I mean, you you'd obviously sort of built a career over many years in in that industry, and um, you know you. Um, had something come out of the blue as life you know does with us we all think we're going to go along and it's all going to be swimming and we're going to paddle along in this sea and, and there's going to be no waves and then all of a sudden this big wave comes and you have this adversity that you've got to deal with so so you had this this big change you lost your job and then what happened next it was completely hideous. I just, I'd never felt like it before in my life. I never, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. I never, I, I'm not terribly maternal. I'm still not. <laughs> my children are now uh, 13, 15 and 17, you know, and, um, but it was just, I really struggled. I was working for Weight Watchers at the time as well. I had a part-time job with Weight Watchers and that was wonderful. And it reminds, it just reinforces the, the, 
how wonderful it can be when you're surrounded with people who care about you. Because mm. my Weight Watchers leaders, obviously, uh, my Weight Watchers members obviously had nothing to do with my school, you know, life. So they, no, they couldn't understand it, but it was almost, I could go into these classes and be enveloped in love and then go back to the crisis that was my life that I didn't have a job. I honestly thought my life was over, you know, and I was telling the story when I delivered a workshop last week that when I was 13 and I saw the careers master in school, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I want to be a history or a Welsh teacher. And he said, you need to take these GCSEs, do these A-levels, do this degree, do this PGC. And that's exactly what I did. And then I got a job and then I became the head of department and I just went bum 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 and for 15 years that's what I did and I and my my ex-husband was a teacher as well I only mixed with people who were graduates our lives were teachers lives you know mm. and I was the primary breadwinner because I had started teaching six years before my ex-husband so I was bringing in the forty thousand pound a year that all of a sudden disappeared yeah. um, but it was the fact that I was at home with three small children and I had no idea what to do with them and every day I woke up and he was like, is this my life? And I vividly remember pushing a double buggy around. <laughs> I can know. remember those days. I yeah. can, you know, and sometimes it still happens, doesn't it? You wake up and you go, oh, my God, what am I going to do about today? Yeah. But, but what happened after you lost your job? Because I think that's really important for people to hear this story of how, you know, your whole world fell apart and you lost everything. And then you, I mean, you had this amazing job with Weight Watchers and, you know, tell us what happened next. Cause otherwise we'll all be sitting on the edge of the seats going, mm. oh my God, what happened next in the story? Yeah. So the next bit, so that, so I struggled really badly. I went on medication. I was taking antidepressants. They tried to teach, they tried to treat me for postnatal depression. And I used to say to everyone who would listen, I am got postnatal depression. The baby's fabulous. I've just lost my job and I don't know who I am. I am got a life. You know, so I was very clear to make that demarcation. It was my job and who I was. But yeah. I worked with Weight Watchers. I had a fantastic boss. And at the time, I had two classes. And she said to me, and obviously, childcare was a major problem because I had three children, not in full-time school. So I couldn't really, I looked at whether I should get another job. And financially, it wasn't worth it. So we decided between us that I would stay at home. And it just was not something I relished. So, but the boss gave me um, extra classes and she said, look, if you want extra classes, then you can. So basically I, I just embraced it, Dina, right? But it took, I would say about three years because I, you know, I, I didn't even own a washing line because I'd never pegged out because why would I, I was in work every day. So even that sort of getting, a, you know, I'd always had a cleaner. The most devastating part about losing my job was having to phone the cleaner and say, <laughs> sorry, you know, I, I, I have to let you go. And I, so I had to clean my oh, house for the first time ever because the day I got a job when I was 22, I employed a cleaner, you know, yeah, that that's yeah. was how I, I lived. So, but what happened was it ended up obviously as things do being the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, um, because I had these eight classes and weight is a fantastic leveler. <laughs> so it doesn't matter who you are. And I had, um, I had barristers and judges in my class with people who were virtually homeless, you know, who had a bit of a drink problem and they were sitting side by side. And I learned so much about life and people and what was wow. important to me and it just but I would never and, and the, the message and the reason I have my business is because the message is I would never have taken the bull by the horns and changed my life and, and made it all that richer I would have lived this very narrow judgy life based on only the experiences that I and my immediate friends knew and Weight Watchers was just the greatest leveler 
and the greatest opportunity. And obviously I got to take the kids. I, I mean, I would take the kids to school. I can't say that was brilliant, but I know when they're grown up and left, I'll think, oh, do you know what? Nobody ever took those children to school apart from me and picked yeah. them up. And it was hell, you know, the school yeah. run is hell. And Why I remember anyone... those days as well. Yeah. And, and so obviously, you know, you had this adversity. It sounds like it really opened your learning space up, didn't it? Yeah, it really, be. you know, you think it's the worst thing in the world, but actually from that adversity came this, this, um, this driving force. And, and tell me about this driving force to succeed, to look after your family. You and your husband split at that time as well, or had you already gone by then? Yeah. It no, no. So, yeah. So we. So um. So I lost my job in 2010, and then I worked for Weight Watchers, and I embraced everything about it. So I basically. So eventually, when I came off the tablets, and I, I, I know, accepted the fact that I was not a teacher anymore. But I did things like I became the chair of the PTA. I went on the parent governors of the school. I did all those things that I knew I could never have done if I had what I call a proper mm -hmm. job. Um. And then in 2015, um, I learned to run, and it basically just changed the world because um, I'd spent my life being completely lazy and that was great for business. If you work in the weight loss um, arena and you say that you're lazy, everyone loves you because it sort of plays into their hands. Yeah. And I learned to run, I became more active and it just opened my eyes and I thought, wow, I've been telling myself for 42 years that I can't do these things. And actually running is just as simple as picking one foot up in front of the other. And it blew my mind, you know, it just, you know, the fact that it was only my it was just a mind over matter thing and I've always mm. been pretty strong and pretty confident but learning to run just changed everything and um, that was 2015 and then in 2016 on the day I ran my first ever 10k race my husband left me wow yeah so, so he left you a little while after you lost your job but actually this running thing how did you feel after he left did you then have to go back to the doctors and get more tablets no, or no, at this point you were no, it was you know, absolutely yeah. the thing that that had, had, had been the like the saving grace part of your life you'd had all these adversities which you you, you know we all think oh my god that's negative 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 but yeah. actually you know you've had all these skills you know you've learned all these skills and then you you take on this amazing running challenge to go and run these marathons and and that makes you stand out from the crowd and you would never have had that if it hadn't have been for that that small pebble that that changed your life in in losing your job staying at home going to weight watchers you know all the things that we plan are not always set in stone are they i always knew to me weight watchers was a, like a bit of a two bit job you know like it didn't require any brain work so and it didn't require I say a great deal of effort. That's that makes it sound. But I mean, I did it really easily, and I was mm. great at it. Do you know what I mean? I ate fantastic classes, and my members were super successful because it was all the best bits of teaching with people who wanted to be there. It was mm. just fantastic, and it fitted perfectly with the family. And when I learned to run, I hadn't done anything that challenged me for the past five years because I had just embraced motherhood, like you do, and you lose yourself, and that's where my passion comes. Yeah, lose yourself a bit. And I had lost a load of confidence in my ability to be able to do hard things, I suppose, you know, because mm -hmm. I now was mixing with people. So when you're, I think when you're in an academic profession, every around you is academic and there's this expectation in, you know, what you expect of yourself and others. And then when you meet other people, you just, your expectations, they're just different. You know, I learned so many lessons from other people, like 
money management, you know. My ex-husband and I were always in masses of debt. We couldn't afford to do anything. But And then I had friends who earned a fraction of what we earned. And they used to go on holidays every year. And I used to say to them, how would you do that then? Because I would never have met somebody who earned £20,000. I, I just wouldn't have. And mm. they used to look at me as if I had three heads. And they used to say things like, <laughs> well, we saved, don't we? And I was like, do you? <laughs> with us, you know, good wages coming in every month. Never thought of saving. Spend, spend. I reckon the credit crash happened because of us, you know, because we had everything <laughs> they gave us. So I learned really valuable life lessons about relationships and just by meeting people that I wouldn't have come into contact with if I kept my job, you know. And then isn't when that I went, just you know, that's just awesome though, isn't it? Yeah. And I think what I want people to to gain from this is your amazing story where you've really been on your knees in in a time of like it couldn't have been worse could it when you've got three young children um you were on your knees and then your husband left and then you were on your knees again but this time you'd got more skills from the time before that made you more resilient and if i was to ask you what was the one thing that changed your path what made you more resilient in these times what would it be oh it'd be learning to run yeah i i don't i don't think because learning to run is the only thing in the world that doesn't rely on anybody else so when i got divorced if i hadn't run i don't know what i would have done. i was a bit like forrest gump you know <laughs> running took me through because because when i got divorced we lost i lost my home as well and me and the children had to find somewhere to, to live and then my mother took poorly and we weren't very close but you know you have to look after your mother and mm. then my ex-husband, you know, wanted to sell her house from under her, and then he stopped seeing the children. And I basically just ran and ran and ran. And then, and that was when I ran my first, my uh, well, I won one marathon. That was when I ran the marathon because when you go out, it's all up here, and there's very little. And that's why I say to people, the only thing you can control is what you do, your actions, your responses. And then running just teaches you that all the time. And I just think, so nobody's going to knock on my door and say, Joanne, you need to go for a run today because nobody else cares. And that's my big, big phrase. I always say that, you know, you were the center of your universe and everybody else in the world is the center of their universes. So either you create your life or Mm. you don't. You know, and I think it was just. And you could, you could easily just go right. I'm giving up. I'm just going to slob on the sofa and I'm going to do nothing. And actually, you know, I think women, particularly, and and I'm not saying this isn't this doesn't relate to men, but women particularly find their inner strength from like really pulling it out, and 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 having these adversities. But also, when you're a mother, then as well, it you really have to expand your mind you have to I've just written a post on on social media about my daughter and how you know when she was out of school how I helped her and and I didn't have these skills to help um that that my mother taught me because my mother wasn't around but um you know I had these these skills to help her um navigate through anxiety and school and now i'm able to help people with children with you know their issues getting children into school so you know we we pull out the bag and become these amazing empowered women that find the inner strength and you know when you are really up against it we find this strength from somewhere but one that like the question that I want to sort of ask that that will round all of this up um, and, and, you know, encapsulate your journey 
if I asked you, you know, when your back's being against the wall, though, especially, I mean, that must be just the, you know, two of many times. You know, there's probably loads of other things. There's an awful lot more. When we chatted before this happened, it was like we could have chatted for three hours. So this is a very condensed version. Um, But if I could ask you to round this up and to tell people what, you know, um, when your back's being against the wall, what is it that drives you through? There's a few things. The one is I'm, I just don't want to be like my mother was with me, like, you know, and not that my mother was a horrible person. She wasn't, but I, but she wasn't very positive. She was very negative. And I think that I keep in my mind, I keep thinking, no one is going to knock on my door, Dean, and say, here's a hundred grand and a great life. <laughs> No, me neither. <laughs> you know, and, and they're not. And so it's entirely down to me. And there's certain things that happen now with the children a bit older. So my eldest daughter is 17 and she's quite quiet and shy, but she'll go to the pictures on her own, you know, um, because I do. Mm. So she sees me and we and went, you're, to, you know. you're changing that generational trauma, aren't you? You know, yeah. anything that you had that you didn't like, you're then changing. And the same way that I've done with my daughter and I'm, I'm helping her to change those patterns of things that didn't work. And, you know, you're the same. You're, you've, you've, you've massively opened this channel to educate your children. And we can look back and go, we wouldn't want to live that again. Yeah. But, but actually look at what we've learned. And I think that's the key thing that I want people to take from these podcasts that we've become empowered, but, but look at the strengths that we've gained. We went to see the Barbie movie together and we don't do much together because obviously she's, you know, 17 or whatever. And we found it, well, I thought it was just me, just completely bizarre because in this house, there's nothing that happens because I'm I'm female. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing would happen if I didn't do it. And she came home yesterday saying she'd had a debate in college that loads of the girls in her class, she does drama, was saying what a wonderful film it was. And she said, oh, mum, you know, and one of the girls did say what the teacher said. Oh, I didn't think it was particularly appropriate for like where we at. And I said, well, did you explain, Grace, you know, your opinion then? Because obviously, I, you know, we are completely equal. You know, I, I just we just didn't see. And, and I love the fact that she was like independent and strong, doesn't see being female as anything other than just absolutely amazing. Like, you know, and it was really interesting yeah. her take on it. The fact that she felt as if she could say, she, say she's not very vocal. Um, and it was really interesting, but I just think I like to, you know, lead by example, but I don't wake up every day and think, oh, I'm going to lead by example here. I just try and live the best way we possibly can and show them that we can do anything. And I do, you know, and I think when things were really terrible, I never lay in bed. I never did. I, I, I've always got up every morning and showered and dressed and do you know what I mean? Mm. I've never lay in bed and felt sorry for myself. I just don't. No, no, no. And, And I think those of us that have to keep going, you have no choice. You've got to, you're a single parent. I was a single parent. I had to keep going. I had to go to work. I had to go full time. I didn't have any additional maintenance. I didn't have any maintenance and, and a, a, you know, a lot of debt. Uh, I had a lot of debt, but you, you have to keep going because you know you want something better, but you know that you have to teach your children, you know, how to live their lives in the best way that they can and, and you're the person they learn from so you know your driving force is is you know incredible and you you're you've got three beautiful children 
And, you know, it's a credit to you what you've achieved. So just tell us a little bit about your business and how you help people now uh, and the name of the business and where people can find you. Okay. Well, I've got two businesses. I've got a non-profit, which is for community groups. And I do like dementia cafes and I'm a singing for the brain facilitator of the Alzheimer's society. Aww. So I do that because I love all that, you know, the facilitating and community stuff because I don't have a family. So it's like I created that to get to sort of solve my family bit. Yep. But my real, my passion, my my real business, Empower Wellbeing, Joan Julif Coaching, is all about encouraging women of a certain age to take action. So basically get them to do whatever they whatever they want. And just I always like to think that I'm I've got my my hands on their backside, you know, pushing them a little bit. So I've taught about 300 people, women to teach to run. So I've had uh, so I've been doing that for about four years. So I have an army of uh, of purple runners. So we call the Purple Army. So I've got those. And then my other, um, the other side at the minute, I've got like, um, I do a bit of weight loss. I've got a weight loss challenge, a membership. And um, I base, yeah, just basically create the, the power of community and women supporting women and you yeah. know, all of that. And I was saying about, I never lie in bed and, you know, I'm always strong, but I am quite open and quite vulnerable as well with people. So people know that when I wobble, I share it. You know, I vlog a lot on Instagram and, Life is not easy as a single parent. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're doing. A, you're obviously doing yeah. a, an absolutely incredible job. You've got three children. You never wanted to be that parent at home. No, where no, you I are. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're bringing those children up beautifully, and you are an amazing strength for women. Uh, and you know, give yourself a big pat on the back for what you've achieved, and those people that follow you and that you're helping, because that is just an incredible achievement. So, um, Joanne, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're an incredible woman and hold your hand up and make sure they give you a gold medal when you got those steps. You oh, are the, the MBE is my, uh, is my, oh, yeah. I've always wanted an MBE, <laughs> you know, aim, well. high, you know, yeah. aim high. <laughs> and, and the reason I want an MBE is because you can't nominate yourself. You see it. I'm not big on awards because people nominate themselves and I don't agree with it. But an MBE, you've got to be nominated. So that's uh, that's my uh, my lifetime yeah, ambition. Yeah, I'd like that as well. I must admit, yeah. we've helped hundreds of people go through our programs. And uh, yeah, it would be a great achievement, wouldn't it, mm. for somebody just to say, you know, well done you. Well, you yeah. Yeah, standing out in the crowd, being empowered, and also then going on to help other people because you're just not selfish if you are doing that type of thing. And I think... You know, that's what this is all about. It's helping people take back the reins, take back the control and become an empowered woman. I always say to people, if I can do it, right, and I'm not special, like, do you know what I mean? So if I can do it, I, you know, anyone can. That's that's always my sort of motto. I know. It's amazing. And, and like I say, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been an amazing thing to talk to you about. And we could talk for hours. I know we could. could. <laughs> uh, so, guys, if you want to follow Joanne, then please see the show notes in the bottom of uh, the podcast and you'll be able to follow her on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Joanne Judith coaching on Instagram and on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group, Empower Your Wellbeing. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and everybody can follow. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys, for the next episode of Empowering Women on Taking Back the Reins. Thank you for listening to Taking Back the Reins with me, Dina Shale. I'd love for you to find out more about how you can recover with horses. Come and join my free Facebook group, Highway to Healing.